who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! We're back at it again for another week, talking a bunch of geeky stuff. However, this is going to be a very unusual show. We'll tell you why in a minute. First, let's introduce ourselves. I'm the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation, Mike. Uh, this is Michael Vogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. My Shan. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Silicon Valley, and Modern Family. There you go. Uh, and a uh, shout out to Eric Stoltzfried, who got engaged over the weekend, I read. So uh, congratulations to someone from Modern Family. 
for getting engaged. I think that's right. Unless it was an old article. I, no, it was it was it was Eric Stone Street, I believe. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to him. Just in case you watch, congratulations to you. <laughs> but, uh, um, but thank you to everyone who's taking a chance on us for the first time, either on this YouTube version of the show or the podcast ver- podcast version. We appreciate that. Remember, we are a podcast feed as well. So if you can't take our pretty faces with you, you can at least take our voices with you wherever you go to do whatever you want to do uh, everywhere you go during your day. Uh, for those of you who are coming back, thanks so much for staying on the Geek Buddies train. We appreciate it. We keep picking up more and more people every week, every month. It means a lot to us. Well, normally, the way we do the show is each of us presents a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves, and then we take a break and jump into our main topic. Well, today, we decided because of these two massive stories that we're essentially going to have two main topics split into two separate blocks here on the show. We're going to break down and discuss the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer in the first block and then jump into our Shang-Chi non-spoiler review, non-spoiler review for uh, from the Geek Buddies. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, who wants to start us? Who wants to start us off? Normally somebody starts us off. Should I just present the trailer and then we'll go? All right. Just I mean, jump right in. Go for it. Let's do it. Do it. All right. So last night, while uh, around 7 p.m., I think, PT, they dropped uh, Sony and Marvel dropped the uh, new trailer, or the first teaser trailer, the official teaser trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, and and uh, this one, of course, starring Tom Holland, John Watts coming back to direct it, Zendaya, Marissa Tomei, John Favreau. And we saw from the trailer, Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange, Benedict Wong as Wong. Uh, we saw Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. We heard Willem Dafoe and then assorted other people claiming we heard or saw other things throughout. So we're going to break this whole thing down and talk about it. First of all, let's start with you, Mikey, your overall opinion of the trailer. Uh, I mean, I thought the trailer was great. I mean, I don't know that uh, <clears throat> since like a Star Wars movie, I don't know that there's been a trailer that has been this anticipated where oh we've been God. waiting this much for it. And I really think it delivered. Uh, I think it set up enough of the story. It gave us a lot of things that we thought we knew are confirmed, gave us a little bit more information on the context of how we get there. Um, but also it didn't give away too much. I think there's a lot of surprises still in store. Uh, you know, eagle-eyed viewers definitely picked certain things out. Mm. Uh, and then there's a lot of conjecture. I think there's a lot of questions, which I think, you know, is what they want. I mean, what Marvel mm. wants ideally is that they drop this trailer and as opposed to us all going, oh, okay, that was nice. I can't wait to see that. We are now going to spend the next several months debating what every single moment I tweet which <laughs> shadow in the background meant. I have my thoughts. I have my opinions on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, curious to see what everybody else thinks, but uh, it's definitely going to be one hell of a movie. Um, yeah. And I think also, as far as I think a lot of people are calling it the uh, the, the multiverse quadrilogy of mm. WandaVision, Loki, Spider-Man, and Multiverse of Madness, uh, definitely going to give us a lot more multiversal type things to talk about. Absolutely. And, you know, Shannon, just to give the uh, gist of the trailer, essentially, this is picking up what a little bit after Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, Zendaya and sorry, sorry, MJ and Peter are, are certainly uh, establishing their relationship a little bit strongly. But also Peter's been outed. So he's dealing with all this. He's being blamed for the death of Mysterio. Is there possibly Matt Murdock there in a white shirt? Who knows? Uh, and then he goes to Dr. Strange to ask him to uh, remove everyone knowing what his secret identity is. And it causes all kinds of chaos, at least from the trailer. It's showing us that it causes all kinds of chaos and triggers the multiverse, possibly. Or they get connected to the multiverse that may be happening at the same time as Lady Loki and Kang and all this other stuff. So what did you think overall of the trailer yourself? 
Well, I mean, th- I think in the wake of the leak that happened, <laughs> um, you know, I really I really enjoyed it. Um, mm. I-, I think there were a lot of expectations that people had. I-, I know there are some very vocal people that are like, we didn't see Tobey Maguire and we didn't see Andrew Garfield and people are upset about that. And it's kind of like, well, remember the marketing for Endgame. I mean, they showed you so little footage yeah. of the actual movie leading up to it honestly i'm i'm kind of surprised we got as much as we did um you know i I really liked it i mean it certainly gives us a different picture of dr strange i mean i know that's something a lot of people have been talking about like this seems like a a somewhat different guy i mean the the guy from the uh from infinity war uh who was very serious and like very uh i guess risk averse (laughs) maybe um he he seems to be a little uh playing a little more fast and loose with the rules in the wake of their victory in de- defeating thanos and wong is very clear don't do this spell uh you know it's it's bad news um and, and also very few people have been talking about how the sanctum santorum is filled with snow yeah <laughs> I, mean, I mean he's literally wearing a sweatsuit under his cloak um yeah. and so clearly yeah Whatever, whatever's going on with Doctor Strange, I mean, uh, I, I think there may have been an assumption that uh, he may not have been a huge role in the movie. And look, mm-hmm. based off of this, um, he he, play, he figures into it very prominently. But I really, I really like the trailer. I was happy with it. Yeah, I mean, I, we did a live trailer reaction on my channel uh, last night as we're recording this. Uh, that's out. We did it for like an hour, and it was a blast of being able to watch it. And then I paused it and went through it, thinking Sony was just going to kill the the, sh- the show anyway. But I was like, screw it, I'm going to try it, give it a shot. And it was great to stop piece by piece, section by section, kind of look at what might be in here. But then it also was fun to do that because it helped me appreciate the trailer even more, the construction of the trailer. I thought this was an excellent trailer. This was a great way to get you excited. Remember, folks, it's a teaser trailer. They're not going to show you Toby or Andrew just yet. If they're even in the movie or the level to which they're in the movie, rather, uh, we're not going to see that yet. So it's teaser trailers just to get you excited. You've been waiting for it. The leak happened. It was the right time to do it. Cinema cons this week are happening right now. So, boom, this was the right time to drop it. And I liked it. I like what we got from Tom Holland. I like what we saw here with Doctor Strange because it made it left me with a lot of questions. Like, is that really Doctor Strange? I like that the illusions of possibly Sandman and Electro and you've got uh, uh, Green Goblin and you've got Doc Ock showing up. Great to see what looks to be a de-aged Alfred Molina. It looks fantastic. <laughs> that was great to see my dad up there doing his thing. And then also to see so much of what we're going to get with Ned and, and Aunt May and Happy like this stress and the pressure of the fact that they're all connected to Peter Parker. People know he's Spider-Man and what that does to their lives and what that does to his life. You know, with Iron Man, he said, I am Iron Man, which is him taking control of the narrative. With Spider-Man, he was outed against his will. That's a different trajectory. And so him trying to go backwards to make people erase it, like we've seen before, whenever heroes get involved in stuff and trying to turn (laughs) things back, bad things happen. Anyway, all right. So what stood out for you, Mike? I'll go back to you since we just heard from Shannon. What stood out to you from the trailer in terms of characters or moments or villains or anything that you saw here that really stood out to you and maybe surprised you or made you think this is going to be an awesome movie to watch? 
Well, I think one of the things uh, is that I think a lot of what we're seeing in this trailer is from the beginning of the movie. Mm. Uh, I think that there's still a lot more to come. And yeah. one of the main things that I am surmising from this, but I'm not 100% sure, is that all of the things we see, uh, you know, Ned and Aunt May in the police station, uh, happy with all the guns trained on him, different things like that. I think what we're seeing is a lot of like, this is what's happening early on, which is what drives Peter mm. to want to make this drastic choice. I think that uh, if you follow things like the one day more comic storyline which was post civil war which seems to be pulling a lot of this uh a lot of the story from this i think that we may get a peter parker that uh where nobody knows that he's spider-man where he's living in a world where he has changed things in more major ways than he thought he did mm. and as he's dealing with the ramifications of that the multiverse comes into play as well so i think we're gonna see a lot of uh peter struggling with uh you know people not knowing uh, that he's Spider-Man, people not knowing uh, their, their, hit, their past history changing. So I think we're going to see some stuff like that. Much like Shannon, I also was very curious about the Doctor Strange of it mm. all. Like, what is going on with him? Uh, he definitely just seemed different. And I'm like, yeah. well, is this just like we're in a different movie and we're getting a different vibe from him? Or is this a big hint? Like, he definitely doesn't seem like the guy, as Shannon said, that uh, is really uh, tight on his role as the uh, Sorcerer Supreme. It seems mm. like... He, he, there seems to be more play. I would be remiss if I did not point out, I am not saying that this is the case, but it's going to come up okay. that in the one day more storyline where Peter Parker does go to Doctor Strange and say, can you make it so that nobody knows that I'm Spider-Man anymore? Doctor Strange is unable to do it, but the person that actually does take the fact that Peter Parker is Spider-Man away from everybody is Mephisto. Oh! I am not saying I am not saying that I think that <laughs> Mephisto is in this movie. I am not saying that I'm going to be Mephistoed again, but everybody is talking about it. And because they clearly are at least taking pieces of that one day more storyline, uh, Mephisto has reared his horned red ugly head <laughs> once again. Um, and I think that although although I don't think this is the case, I think the fact that Doctor Strange is acting so weird in the trailer mm -hmm. could very easily make one surmise that this is something along those lines. I, do I think that they're going to drop a Mephisto on us? I do not. But uh, I think that as we are discussing all of that and the fact that a lot of this is pulled from the One Day More storyline, it's worth mentioning that, uh, <laughs> that he is a part of this as much as he was a part of Wanda's comic book inspiration that did not make it into WandaVision. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was surprised that we saw the Hobgoblin. I mean, I'm sorry, the Green Goblin uh, pumpkin bomb. Uh, that was yeah. like a pleasant surprise. I think for me, that was probably the biggest surprise of the trailer. Uh, you know, we've made, we, we knew about Electro. We know Doc Ock. We're guessing yeah. some of these others. But uh, didn't know if they were going to go full Green Goblin. Don't know that it's going to be Willem Dafoe. Uh, you know, part of the fun of the multiverse is they don't have to just pull from the characters that we already know in existence. Now, do I hope it's Willem Dafoe? Absolutely. But right. could it be some other Green Goblin from some other reality? It could be. So I think that's going to be really interesting to see. Okay. Shannon, is there a moment or scene or character that popped out for you as you watched this trailer that made you think, okay, this is going to be an interesting new film in the Spider-Man lexicon? Well, I mean, I definitely loved uh, that very quick moment. It looks like Peter's in a cafeteria, and he is in that that darker Spider-Man suit that that the kind of magic, the magicified right, one right, that right. we've seen. You know, that's the presumption, at least. Like we've seen, we've seen some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, 
uh, merchandise be released. Hmm. Um, there was that. I mean, I love this thing, this this train sequence where it kind of hmm. looks like uh, kind of look like they're in the desert to me. <laughs> um, I'm very curious where they are in the world at that point. And yeah. uh, Strange doesn't have his cloak on. You see him kind of doing this this move where it looks like the train cars are started to kind of levitate and encircle each other um there's also like looking at the two of them it's like are you guys working together right mm. now i mean mm. it's they seem to be going in the same way in the same direction at least um but yeah i mean uh, looking at the bad guys that we we see a pumpkin bomb we see doc ock we see some lightning we see some dirt that could be sandman um, it, you wonder, are you going to get up to six? Is this going to be a sinister yeah. six situation? I know there's a moment. It's very dark. I'm not seeing it. That people are swearing that that's the lizard. Um, right. Again, I don't see that. And then I, now I'm curious. I'm like, who's that sixth? Who's that sixth villain? Is it or, Vulture? Is there somebody else out there? Yeah. Some or, people, is Doctor, yeah. or is Doctor Strange the sixth villain? Yeah. Some people are saying it might be Venom. Some people are saying it could be Venom was reaching uh, in that moment. Uh, but yes, Dr. Kirk Connors, is that his name? Or no, Connors. Dr. Kirk Connors. Connors. Kirk Connors. Connors. Yeah. yeah. His, uh, his tail is supposedly is what they think that might be his tail or something like that. But yeah, I but yeah, I think we're circling back to what you both were talking about. Doctor Strange is really kind of the focal point of this trailer. Yeah, Peter and all of that. And I don't even know who's in those Spider-Man suits. I'm not even willing to concede that's Tom Holland in every single one of those Spider-Man suits. You know, when we were talking last time, the reaction occurred to me, well, it could be uh, uh, Peter's way in this universe that we're watching the MCU of differentiating all the different Spider-Mans. I'm going to give you the black suit, you give the Iron Spider suit, and all three of them are fighting together in the different Spidey suits. And it's good for the viewer to know which Spider-Man you're seeing uh, as you connect it to the suits. That's a possibility there. So we're not sure that that's Tom running through that cafeteria. We don't know which Peter Parker it actually is. But Doctor Strange is... The interesting part of all this, because you're right. I mean, the idea that there's snow inside the sanctorum, what's that all about? Get that one dude shoveling on the side of the stairs. Like, what's going on here? Why is he wearing a winter coat? You're, you're fucking Doctor Strange. I think you can keep yourself warm with your own spells or your own magic or whatever. Why do you need a coat and a sweater and all that? But also just the general, you're right, the general demeanor, the general overall approach it almost seems completely different. It's almost like he's re-embraced being that arrogant Doctor Strange he was or arrogant Stephen Strange he was before he became Doctor Strange, more confident in his powers. And remember, he doesn't have the eye of Agamotto anymore, right? So he can't really see in the future what may happen, what may not happen. So why would he concede to do this for Peter? That's the question. Even the way he's sitting there, cross-legged in the midair, down there, whatever that is, like a dungeon or whatever they are, and it seems very ominous uh, and very not like a Doctor Strange, as Shannon said, who's working in conjunction with Peter. It seems like a Doctor Strange who's got an, a bigger motive or a bigger reason for doing the things that he's doing. And it isn't out of the realm of his character to have a bigger reason to do what he's doing. Uh, remember, and he... Yeah. Oh, well, no, I was no, going to say, there, there's also one moment where uh, Peter, we're assuming Spider-Man, um, yeah. ha has some sort of cube. He has some sort of uh, device yeah. that Doctor Strange is taking from him, and he's kind of knocking his consciousness, knocking his soul out as well. Right. right. And uh it's like what is what is that thing he's holding why right. does why does dr strange feel the need to do this particular move that 
we've seen, you know, the uh, the ancient one, the ancient one do, yeah, do in Endgame and in the Doctor Strange film. Yeah, good question, well, Mike. And also, I mean, they do a kind of neat thing in the trailer where they're talking a lot about the multiverse, but what we are seeing on screen isn't really a re- representation of the multiverse as much mm. as it's the mirror dimension. And so I do think yeah. you know, even even when Doctor Strange is on that train with Peter and everything that he's doing with the trains kind of wrapping around the train, like it does look like there is at least a significant action sequence, if not a chunk of this movie that is taking place in what looks like the mirror dimension from Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think just given what we've seen of the multiverse so far and the way that it's been established through Loki and everything else, I don't think that that was a, oh, look at all these universes colliding. I mean, maybe it is. I don't know mm-hmm. that that's what we're seeing. I think that maybe there's a reason that Doctor Strange throws Peter into the mirror dimension at some point or something. Like, I, I definitely think that there's obviously more to Doctor Strange than what's going on. Uh, and whether it is Doctor Strange or not, uh, you know, some people are surmising, again, not saying I believe this, but just as much as mm. I've heard Doctor Strange is Mephisto. Yes. I have heard Doctor Strange winks and takes him down in a dungeon. Therefore, it is Agatha Harkness. Mm. Don't think that's true. Uh, also heard that we know that in one of the upcoming What If episodes, there are two Doctor Stranges that fight, one of them bad. And... The uh, the direct the producer on the show definitely came out early on in the interview and said, "Oh, when you get to the episode, you're going to be like, I can't believe they did that." And so now people are thinking that the Doctor Strange that we're seeing in this Far From Home trailer might be the bad Doctor Strange from What If. So a lot of guesses, a lot of conjecture. Maybe Doctor Strange is just having a shitty day. Who <laughs> knows? Maybe maybe he's just in a mood. But uh, I think regardless of what it is. I think that there was this assumption that it was going to be like the Doctor Strange, Peter Parker team-up movie. But when you look at the way that they've done the movie so far, uh, the Iron Man relationship was at times combative or challenging as Iron Man was kind of looking out for Peter Parker. It wasn't all let's go save the day together. And in Homecoming, both his relationship with Nick Fury, who was really a scroll, and Mysterio, who was really the bad guy, was a more complicated relationship than it seemed on the surface. So I think this whole thing with Doctor Strange is equally going to be a uh, have some surprises to it and be more than what it seems on the surface. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think the that, that sequence on the George Washington Bridge, I mean, that certainly seems like, okay, this might be, this could be the introduction of the Sinister Six because we see the pumpkin bomb there and we see Alfred Molina there and we see Peter or we see a Spider-Man in that iron spider suit. So it seems like, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe what they, I don't know, maybe it's like he's accidentally opened up a bunch of portals and some bad guys from other universes have fallen in ours. I also thought it was interesting, as he's creating that spell, he's he's creating those sort of illuminated rings. And the characters look a little different than the characters we've seen in his spells uh, in the past. I was trying to feel like, are, do those look like Dark Dimension characters? I mean, they're not red. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're still that kind of orangish, yellowish, uh, yellowish light color. But uh, it it does look different than something else he has done already. Could it be Scarlet Witch? No one said that, right? She would have the power, right, to kind of disguise herself and play that uh, play that part of Doctor Strange. People said Agatha Harkness. And last night, some of the viewers were like, follow the runes, follow the runes, as if the runes might have been connected in some way through this whole thing. That's certainly possible. Um, yeah, Mike, what were you going to say? Well, I just think it's, with a movie like this, yeah. the danger is to assume that everything is connected. Some right. things will be connected, 
But Marvel actually, as much as we all love the connections that Marvel does, and believe me, like we really, really do, Hmm. if Marvel were to do the number of connections that we all assume that they are going to do when we see these trailers, (laughs) we would not have made it to the movies that we've made it to because the whole thing would have collapsed by this point. Like (laughs) there is definitely a level of like, this is too much. So it's like, when you're looking at the trailer, I don't think they're gonna be servicing Scarlet Witch and Agatha Harkness and Mephisto and the What If series and Matthew Murdoch and Andrew Garfield and yeah. Tobey Maguire and all the Sinister Six. Like at a certain point, there's not enough space in a two and a half hour movie to service all of that without it being just a full hot mess. Um, so I think it's gonna be interesting to see where it intersects with others and where it doesn't. And I think no matter what, the bad news is someone's going to be left disappointed. Like, if we don't get yep. Tobey Maguire, but we do get Andrew Garfield, if we don't get the, them, but we do get all the villains, if Scarlet Witch shows up, but we don't get Willem Dafoe, like, someone's going to get upset somewhere. But at a certain point, you can't actually service all the connections and still tell the compelling story. And I think, I will say what I actually appreciated the most about this trailer, yeah. all the surprises and connections aside, is that the biggest chunk of this trailer really does deal with the aftermath of what happened in homecoming which is peter parker's outed um and i think with everything that we've been excited about that kind of got lost in the shuffle of all of the multiversal madness that we've been excited about right and i'm glad to see that this still is very much a follow-up to the last movie and it's dealing with that moment in a major way you mean far from home right because homecoming is that's yeah sorry sorry far from home i get those just to clarify just to clarify uh yeah they throw home in every title so please you have to verify that um with this other thing with the doctor, let's talk about Doc Ock now. Let's move over to the first. First, I was great to see Alfred Molina back. It was so nice. I mean, the yes, the hi, Peter. Someone mentioned last night that he gave an interview. I, don't, I didn't verify this, so I don't know if it's true, but he gave an interview saying that he thinks that Doc Ock was taken out of the water before everything crushed on him. So this is the Doc Ock you see now from that universe and that he may not be seeing hello, saying hello, Peter, to Tom Holland's Peter Parker. He may be saying hello, Peter, to Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. And that didn't occur to me until someone said it last night yeah. as I was watching. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Because they do cut to the Iron Spider. So your mind goes, oh, he's talking to Tom Holland's Peter Parker. But it could be talking to Toby's. And wouldn't that be something if the arms are back in control of Doc Ock and he's now uh, leaning towards being evil? That could be an interesting uh, take to this character as well. What did you guys think about him showing up and the interactions that he had? Well, I remember that article. I remember where it was. Oh, so we did, did did cut. Yeah, he did okay. kind of spill spill the beans a little bit okay. about how that. Yeah, this is essentially this is the character from the end of Spider Man Two because um, he had also talked about it, like you know what that was that was a long time ago. That was almost twenty years ago. Yeah, uh, I can't quite move like I used to. And that uh, Kevin Feige had responded like, "Have you seen what we've done with Robert Downey Jr.? Uh, <laughs> it's 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 gonna be fine." Yeah. But yeah, that moment. Uh, where we see the one the one tentacle arm come out and just that smile and uh, Alfred Molina with that with that flawless American accent just that yeah. you know it's it was it was taking me back to when did that movie come out was it two thousand two I think two thousand two two thousand two oh no it was two thousand four it was two thousand four Spider okay. Spider Man one was two thousand two Spider Man two was two thousand four okay. uh, yeah okay. I mean it was it was putting me it was putting me back in the theater uh, the first time I got to see Alfred Molina's Doc Ock I mean uh, I I am so curious because there's clearly a lot going on like how mm-hmm. much they're going to be able how much time they're going to be able to devote to all of these amazing surprises that that are in store like. Uh, 
the idea of Doc or uh, Molina playing Doc Ock again, it's like we're. I think the fans universally are so excited to see it. You just hope that with so many other kind of storytelling balls in the air, mm. are we hopefully we get to see enough out of everybody? Yeah, yeah. Mike, anything to say on the Doc Ock situation? Yeah, it just made me laugh because I feel like if Alfred Molina hadn't opened his mouth, he wouldn't have been in the trailer as much. I think that this was a well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think oh no i think mike froze oh no it's <laughs> fine you're good you're good no, i, I don't mike. think so <laughs> uh i i think that um had uh had he I, I think that they would have preferred to have kept all of this a secret right. and maybe just hinted at it maybe shown a tentacle shown the pumpkin bomb the way they did and not really let you know who was going to be in it or not. But because Alfred Molina already opened his mouth, and we've all been talking about it for months, when they cut the trailer, Kevin Feige was like, yeah, sure. Put him in there. They already know. That's one surprise ruined. We got five left. We got five surprises left. Um, Strike one. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that just kind of made me laugh. But yeah, I am with Shannon. Like It's, it's a thrill to see him. Yeah. Um, I do think as the more that we're talking about this trailer, I do have this impending anxiety just about can they service everything? The expectations are so high on this. Uh, they, they, they're, they're tackling such a major thing with the multiverse and a third movie in a series and all of these characters coming in. And if Toby and Andrew show up as well, I mean, they're tackling so much that they've really got to have their storytelling tight it's got to be yeah. tight uh and and so far they haven't led me wrong i'm I, I think i'm probably on the whole when it comes to both homecoming and far from home i think out of the three of us i'm the biggest fan of those movies i know yeah. we all like them but i think i, I like them the that. most um and i so so far i i have faith in them but man it is it is full yeah you haven't even mentioned kirsten dunst who is rumored to be coming back as well so i mean like there's so much that they might be playing with it. Maybe she's only coming back for one scene where she's going to go get him tiger or whatever, but it, but you just don't know. You don't know how much of uh, they're going, how much they're going to be in the movie, what role they're going to play in the movie and how it's all going to connect up to the multiverse as well. I mean, we're seeing New York literally sink in on itself. As Michael mentioned, the mirror dimension and the train sequences, maybe them trying to one up the train sequence in Spider-Man two. So it's also interesting to see it being explored here in this trailer. But yeah, I mean, I think if I can say anything to the fans, like sit back and relax, like let it come to you. There's no need to jump on this thing. Go, why did I get this? Why did I get that? What is it? Just relax. It's all coming. If they do a great job, you'll know on December 17th, there's no need to go insane about it now. Just have fun and enjoy the buildup to this movie. I, I just saw so many fans who were desperate to get the trailer. And then the first thing that it was bitch about what they didn't get in the trailer. And it's like, come on, just enjoy the fact that you're getting this shit. We're getting too spoiled after what, 13 years of this shit that like, it's still a miracle that we're able to enjoy this kind of stuff. Two studios came together in an unprecedented way to share this character. So just enjoy the fact that we even get this. I don't know. Uh, maybe if, I'm if you're uh, if, if you're following the Spider-Man No Way Home Twitter, uh, they had they had some really funny tweets yesterday. Where oh, right. They were like they're like all you people that were that had been begging for this, you better be watching it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it broke some kind of record, I think, for four it hours. Did. Yeah, it was insane, man. The watch. Yeah. Well. And look, I, I will say also, as long as much as I hope that we get the uh, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland dance number, a la Spider Man Three. <laughs> um, God help us. And, and, and as and as much as I pray that we get that, 
Tom Holland is the Spider-Man of the MCU. And I think right. that the other yes. part to remember is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, if they do indeed appear in this movie, are the supporting players. Like this is mm-hmm. not a this is not a three amigos web-slinging movie. Like it, it's top, this is clearly and I think the trailer also really goes out of its way to make it clear like this is a movie about Peter Parker, our Peter Parker, Tom Holland, struggling with, as John said, his identity being outed, what that means, how he's going to handle it, what that, and and, and as John has been so eloquently illustrating on Twitter uh, this week, the ramifications of superheroes trying to do good things without thinking them all the way through. You know, I'm just, am I asking for too much? I'm just asking you to think it out. That's all. Uh, No, that's a fair point. But also, but this, you know, it's so funny too, because it seems like, we get the Peter Parker that's handled shit by the end of every film, yet the new film always starts with Peter Parker being in a state of disarray, right? Like the, the first film, Homecoming ends with him saving that uh, the, his girlfriend, well, the girl he care, likes his father in, in Vulture, and he's done this good deed. And they offer him the Avengers. He's like, nah, I'm good. You know, it's a really proud stance. The end of the second movie ends with him coming back. Yes, he's outed, but him and MJ are together now. His mom knows and accepts who he is. Happy Hogan. He's embraced the post Tony Stark life. He's going and living proudly in honor of Tony Stark and Stark and the faith he had in him. Tony Stank and the faith he had in him. And now we're going into three. And once again, he's like, I'm all unsettled. Everybody knows who I am, all this kind of stuff. So it's constant in this state. Because he's a young man, and as a young man, you're going to go through these. Well, young male or female, young person, you're going to go through these stages of getting, of understanding who you are, of learning what your what your voice actually is. And I like that these films do that, and it's good because all these other characters we've gotten are pretty much older. Peter's the one that appeals to a lot of us, all of us, I think, who've been through those years and can go back and remember. You know uh, what those feelings are like, what those experiences are like. I think that's the gift of why people care about him so much and why people were going crazy for this trailer because they do love Spider-Man. It, it's so interesting. Like, it, I don't know if you could argue Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, like where they fall if you actually did a whole poll of people where those characters would fall in terms of a one, two, and three. It's interesting. Spider-Man. You think? Yeah. See, there you go. Toy, it's quite toy companies. Toy companies have done that study. Oh, okay. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Spider-Man, then Batman, and Superman is far, far down uh, as far oh, as toy sales go. Okay. Uh, but su- Superman is high on like recognizability. Like when you do when you do like right. sort of brand global awareness. recognition and brand awareness, Superman is yeah. very high. Uh, but Spider-Man, I think uh, last time uh, I was in one of those meetings, which has been a minute, but like last time I was in one of those meetings, Spider-Man is number one by a good bit. Yeah. There you go. A good bit more, like a good bit more than Batman. Uh, I mean, Batman is up there. They're 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 close, but I mean, I wouldn't call it like neck and neck. Uh, Batman yeah. is definitely a number two, but uh, but Bat- but he's up there. I mean, Batman is high on the list as far as uh, as far as especially you know when you measure these things by toy sales. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sell a lot of Batmobiles and Batcaves, but uh, but you also put Spider Man on a blue and red motorcycle, and kids will buy the <laughs> shit out of it. So. <laughs> I'd love to see now in the post Wonder Woman world what where she ranks now in terms of sales would be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. And stuff, stuff, all they did there. Uh, all right, anything? Any final words here? We've talked about it for over thirty minutes. We can jump into our next section. What? Any final words on this trailer, gentlemen? I just, I hope they pull it off. <laughs> I hope uh, they pull I'm, it off. It's a tall ask of John Watts. That's for sure. It is a tall ask. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, sorry, Shane. I- I'm I'm assuming that we probably won't get another look at 
No Way Home until Eternals comes out. Um, so, oh, until, oh, you think we're not getting until November? That, really? I mean, look, it's okay. August. I mean, I, th- I think we're getting one in October and then a final one before Eternals. That's oh, what no, I I'm think, with Shannon. But maybe, I'm with Shannon. Yeah, you guys think nothing until Eternals? Wow. Because yeah. because okay. again, I if if there is a, a Garfield. Uh, Maguire's surprise. I still don't think they'll. I, I think they will try not to get that, let that out mm. until the should movie. We, should we call mm. it a Maguirefield? A Maguirefield surprise? No, no. How about we just don't? We just don't call it. That. Okay, <laughs> cool. Good talk. Good talk. Ooh. Good talk, guys. Good talk. Uh, uh, I do think yes. you, you, you guys, you guys both think we're getting uh, Matthew Murdoch. Matthew Murdoch, everyone seems pretty confident on. There are a lot of rumors. He canceled recent appearances, uh, and the rumors are that it was to do reshoots or because they didn't want him out there just yet because they didn't want anything to slip out. Uh, same thing with Garfield. Garfield apparently canceled a couple of Comic Cons, I think, uh, or one, and uh, where he was supposed to be there just like kind of doing the spider-man stuff and then they canceled it and maybe that was also part of reshoots or they don't want him out there in the public just yet you mean they don't, they don't want, they, they want andrew they don't want andrew garfield to talk about playing werewolf again to try and convince <laughs> everybody that he wasn't in the movie <laughs> no, yeah it worked once maybe good point good point i i think uh what does it come out december 17th is that yeah the, december 17th is that yeah. i i have to think gosh i hope where everyone's allowed, everyone's willing to go back into a theater that it's safe because this is the movie, you know, you want to see this movie with a crowd. Like this is going, this is going to be a, this is going to be a comic con level, uh, uh, movie events. I have to think with social distancing. Maybe. All right. And we'll find out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into our, yeah. But as Shannon said, December 17th, that's when the film comes out. I think we're going to get another trailer in October and then maybe one in November. These gentlemen think we're not getting anything until November. So we shall see as the uh, few uh, weeks go along uh, as we head towards Spider-Man. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll jump into our second main topic here on the show. That's good. I like that one. That one I can get behind. That one I can get behind. <laughs> I almost wanted to march to it with my little... <laughs> uh... after, after making McGuarfield, he's shaking his head at me. That is a bold stance to take, sir. Uh, I was asking questions. I was asking questions. <laughs> It's a good question. It's a good question to ask. All right. Uh, so uh, I think last week, I think it was last week, the days kind of slammed into each other in my head. Uh, both Shannon, Michael, and I went over to see uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at the El Capitan. We were invited very kindly by Disney to uh, go take a look at this thing. We were able to get up into the balcony, have a little bit of space, uh, and uh, watch the movie and have a really good time. So we're going to talk about our thoughts on the film non-spoiler-wise, non-spoiler-wise, so just let you so don't be afraid. We're going to keep it non-spoiler. If you want to stop right now, feel free to stop right now. You've given us the view already, but I would encourage you to stick around and hear our thoughts on it. As And we'll definitely be doing a spoiler review once the film actually comes out on September 3rd. I started with Mike in the first section. Shannon, I'll start with you. What did you think overall about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in a non-spoiler way? Oof, okay, non-spoilery. Um, it, it was... Uh, 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 Simu Liu is is fantastic. This is the type of movie. As soon as it finishes, you are champing at the bit to see him 
um, with other Marvel heroes. Like mm. you cannot wait to see him uh, trade barbs with Thor. You can't wait to see him hang out with Doctor Strange. You can't wait to see him uh, uh, exchange uh, fighting moves with with Sam Wilson. I mean, it was the movie is just it, it's it's just such a blast, and it's so different from anything that we've gotten in the MCU thus far. And the supporting cast uh, does a fantastic job. Some really exciting, uh, really exciting action sequences. I mean, from the trailers, you've seen that there's there's a pretty big fight on a bus and it only just gets better from there. So it is, uh, I, 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 I think it is solidly in the middle of my mm -hmm. MCU, upper middle of my MCU rankings, but I imagine uh, after seeing it again, uh, which I plan on doing a, a few times, uh, that that list is pretty fluid. It may go up. It may go down. I don't know. But I mean, getting to watch it with with two of two of my best buds um, was we, we had a fantastic we had a fantastic evening. We did. I agree with that. Mikey, yeah, I, I, I want to go see this thing again myself in IMAX. I know it's coming out in IMAX, so I want to see what that thing looks like on an IMAX screen now that it, we've seen it at the LCAP. Mike, what did you think overall about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, in a non-spoiler fashion uh, after you came out of theater, now that you've had some days to think about it? Well, at the end when everybody died, <laughs> I was really sad. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Thank you. Oh. Um, No, I... You know, particularly comparing it to, uh, you know, as we were just talking about the No Way Home trailer, I think what's amazing is that as Marvel is continuing on with the story that they started with Iron Man, and you now have movies like No Way Home that are going to have the multiverse and all of these characters intersecting and all this stuff, it was actually kind of refreshing to go see Shang-Chi, which very much feels like it fits in with the Marvel Universe, but is a whole chapter of the Marvel Universe that aside from some winks and nods about the Ten Rings and Iron Man 3 and some other things that we haven't really seen before. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really made Phase 4 suddenly feel very, very fresh and new for a franchise uh, and, a, and a cinematic universe that should be feeling a little bit long in the tooth. And I think kind of to Shannon's point, bringing in characters like Shang-Chi, which Simu Liu plays amazingly well, uh, you know, makes you feel like you're ready for the next 10 movies. Um, I think in addition to that, uh, it, it really shows us a new... It's more fantastical than I was expecting it to be mm. for a Marvel mm. movie. And I think that as much as we've gotten lots of superheroes and lots of aliens and now we do have magic, this was even further down that magical path than I thought it was going to be. And I thought that was really, really enjoyable. Mm. And to Shannon's point, the action sequences are spectacular. Like, yes, as Shannon said, we all know there's an action scene on a bus if you've seen a trailer. Uh, and we've seen bits and pieces of some other action sequences. But the bits and pieces that you've seen don't do them justice. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm a big musical theater fan, and what I love about a musical movie is that whenever the big song starts, you sort of lean forward because you're really excited. And as I was watching this movie, any time that anyone started fighting, I found myself leaning forward in the same way. Like, there was... <laughs> it. Not only were the action scenes well put together and exciting and thrilling, but they were actually legitimately beautiful to watch. Like, mm. they were gorgeous. Uh, you know, in our theater, you know, people, you would get done with an action scene and people would just start bursting into applause and cheering. And I think that's going to be the case in quite a few theaters. Yeah, um, yeah I have other things to say, but what else? What else do you want to ask us about? Well, I, I would say, you know, real quick, I know, and I tweeted about it and I already put up my, my non-spoiler review on it. But overall, I just want to add to that. If you haven't seen it yet, just add to what uh, Michael and Shannon said. 
it's a hell of an experience. That's what this movie is. I mean, when you're what 24, 25 movies deep and you're still able to produce this kind of origin story, a more polished origin story than we've seen in some of the other other origin stories in the past, a more a story that celebrates this culture so powerfully, makes it accessible but still respecting the traditions of the culture, I thought was incredible. And uh, I, I think the I think I you know as a person of color when you go in to see these kinds of movies you worry, okay, am I going to convince myself that this is a good movie just because we just you know it's finally happened or whatever? This is not one of those movies. Just like Black Panther wasn't one of those movies. It is something that celebrates the Chinese culture and and in a, maybe even in a larger way the Asian culture overall and how interesting it can be, how unique it can be, and yes, the fantastical stuff you both are talking about. I was scared that was going to look cheesy or fall flat on its face. And it was the right amount. And it was great the way it was done and, and weaved into the story overall. Also, for those of you who said, do you think you know what the movie is about? You don't. You really don't. There were a few surprises. And it was I had to talk to these two gentlemen to kind of remove some of the surprises from my non-spoiler review because <laughs> I couldn't tell what would normally be a surprise and what wouldn't be a surprise. What seemed like a simple story beat might actually be a huge surprise for someone who's only seen the trailer. So I had to kind of figure that out as I was going along because there's so much to enjoy in this movie. There are so many morsels to enjoy as you're watching throughout. Do I think the back half of the movie isn't as strong as the first half of the movie? Yes, I do believe that. I think there's something that happens that threatens to derail the film, but it eventually writes itself and it's great. Uh, and I enjoy that. And I enjoyed the ending very much. And the action sequences, as these two gentlemen have said, You've only seen a snippet, if I dare say, a snippet of the action sequences um, that you've seen. The the uh, uh, scaffolding sequence and the bus sequence way longer in the movie than you think. And it's great to see how incredible um, uh, Destin Daniel Creighton did as a director to get all of that and, and shot really well and bring the imagery and the cinematography around it so so beautifully um overall yeah uh all right and so okay let's move on to some of the acting then um mike simulu we have uh aquafina we have michelle yao tony leung we have uh, uh oh god i forget her name minger minger I, I forget her name uh, but she's playing xiling we have all we have the mom we have so many people involved in this what did you think of the acting overall I mean, I, I thought it was great across the board. I didn't have, uh, yeah, there's been other Marvel movies where maybe like one or two characters you were like, eh, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought everybody was perfectly enjoyable. I thought that Tony Leung and Michelle Yeoh particularly just bring their level of class to these roles in a way that only they can. Um, and as we've been saying, Simu Liu's great new addition to the Marvel Universe. Aquafina is a great new addition to the universe. Yeah. And uh, uh, the actress who plays Zhai Ling. Uh, yeah, Menger Zhang. That's what I couldn't Menger get. Zhang. Menger Zhang. Uh, also just super, 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 super enjoyable to watch on screen. Um, uh, I, I think that across the board, I was just really... I wouldn't say there's been some times where somebody like stands out to a level that you're like, holy shit. Like, I don't think anybody blew me out of the water per se, mm, but mm. everybody delivered like a rock solid performance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about you, Shannon? Uh, what did you think of the acting? And, and were there any actors that really stood out and how they brought their characters to life in the film? Uh, definitely to uh, Tony Leung, uh, yeah. just because I would say most, you know, American audiences probably are not as, as familiar with his work. Mm. Uh, from from back east um he he's fantastic and uh yeah he he's he's just a magnetic presence when he's on screen um 
Uh, Menger Zhang as well. I, I, I think she, she's another performer who just the moment she the moment she enters the story, you're just kind of locked onto her. Aquafina, I thought was very funny. Um, I, 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 I'm not always the biggest fan of her comedy. I thought mm. she was brilliant in The Farewell. Mm-hmm. Um, but the longer the movie goes, she's a great entry point for the audience. Um, but the longer the movie goes, especially I think John and I were probably talking around the same the same yeah. moment. Yeah, I yeah. think when the when the movie takes this particular turn, I don't totally I didn't love where she went per se. It, her her being there didn't totally make sense to me. But at the end of the day, it wasn't anything that was going to spoil the film for me. It was just one of those. Right. It's one of those sequences when I am watching it on Blu-ray or on Disney Plus. I I might go refill my drink. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's Marvel, so Marvel's going to do Marvel things in certain moments, and that's part of the magic. And they earn those moments, to be honest with you, if the film is good. And most of the time, they do earn those moments. So I hear what you're talking about. We're not going to get too deep into it. Yeah, I think I absolutely agree with you on Tony Young. Agree with you on Simu Liu. I certainly have said this a number of times to you guys, and I said in my review, Manger Zhang deserves a lot of credit in this film. I think there are moments where they're both, her and uh, Simu Liu are experiencing an emotional moment, and I think she outacts him a little bit. And I think that's just the difference in, in, in just the talent at the level of wherever it's at. He's building. I mean, it's incredible what he's done already. From YouTube to here, it's pretty incredible. He deserves a lot of uh, a credit from a number of people for getting to this stage. Now let's see what you do with this going forward. It's going to be exciting to see. Uh, Tony Leung, the perfect amount of menace when he needs to access it. It's really unsettling to watch him access it when he needs to do it. And it throws you off and it adds a whole level to the story. And the story is epic. Like, that's another part of this. It's not a spoiler. You've seen it in the trailer. The story is epic. It is centuries old, this story. And seeing his transition, uh, I think, works really well and effective and is effective as well to to kind of lay in the menace of this character and what he can actually do. And when he uses those ten rings, sweet Mary, mother of God, you are left absolutely shell-shocked by some of the things you see in the movie, the ferocity and the brutality of the usage of those rings. You really understand the power that someone who has that can command. I also think uh, Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao was stellar in in what she does because, you know, she's like the she's like that uh I don't know, the trainer you always want, that the mentor you always want. She's got the right uh kind of approach, uh, the warmth there, uh and the strength and the steel and the spy that you want to see and Lord God, the woman doesn't age. It's incredible. And her moves <laughs> and it wasn't a stunt double from what I saw. You could see her face clearly. It's, she's incredible how she can still move and get the job done. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Um, Mike, I'll go back to you. What about the story? You're, you know, you, you're a showrunner. You judge scripts. You give notes. You do all these things. You have a team of writers behind you when you do stuff. What did you think of the writing overall, or what did you think about the story, the way it was laid out and presented here, without giving away any spoiler story beats? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I think origin stories are tough. Uh, you know, there's there's a beats you have to hit. Like you have to introduce the character, you have to explain the backstory, you have right. to have a personal struggle, and what is it that I need to overcome? Like there's just certain things that are part of an origin story, um, which is why sometimes they aren't the most thrilling. And I think mm. that um, while I don't think that Shang Chi uh, hits it to the out of the park the way like say Black Panther does uh-huh. as an origin story for T'Challa, origin-ish story, I guess. Uh, I think it, it does a really, really serviceable job of keeping the story moving and keeping you entertained. Uh, I think Shannon's right. Aquafina is a great intro, intro uh, entryway for the audience mm. to kind of get to know Shang-Chi and we're kind of like on the ride with her a little bit. 
Um, and I think that as things continue to get more and more fantastical and bigger and bigger and more action-packed throughout the movie, um, I think they, the, I, I know the moments that you guys have struggles with. I think mm. it's good that they have those moments because it keeps things grounded and fun for the audience. I mm. think that that's what that's, that's what keeps that that's what keeps it a all ages are welcome kind of everyone uh, enjoy this together kind of vibe. Um, mm. I think that the other thing, just from a storytelling standpoint, one of the reasons I think Marvel is so successful at this strategy that they built up isn't just the connections, but it's the fact that the movies within each individual franchise in the MCU always build on themselves while building the bigger universe. So, for Mm. example, Captain America to Winter Soldier to Civil War is really all about Cap and Bucky. And even though Winter Soldier introduces you to... uh, you know, to Falcon and other things come in and then Civil War is basically Avengers 2.5. It's still very specifically about that story and that arc. Mm. And, you know, similar with a lot, you know, with a lot of the other movies that even though the characters are jumping around and intersecting, the Captain America movies are focused on Captain America. The... Uh, the Thor movies are very focused on Thor, Loki, Odin, Asgard stuff. And so I think what's really good with this movie is while you can definitely see how it is going to affect the bigger Marvel Cinematic Universe, this whole world of the Ten Rings organization and Shang-Chi and his family issues and everything else, you can really see how that can go easily into a Shang-Chi 2, Shang-Chi 3, while Shang-Chi can still show up with the Avengers and show up in other people's movies. And the fact that you get to the end of this movie and you're kind of excited for both equally, I think shows that the storytelling is pretty on point and that you really do just fall in love with the characters, which is the most important part absolutely shannon what do you think about the story overall again without without spoilers well again to the to the origin story like there there's a way to do an origin story it's sort of chronological like boom boom um they choose they they do they do that and they don't do that i mean it they 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 chose a really a really unique path of Mm. how to tell this story i mean even the pacing across the board is again kind of completely different than anything else we've gotten in the MCU. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 there there are there were uh, uh, moments that I definitely wasn't um, prepared for as a seasoned moviegoer. It's like, oh shit, we're doing this now, um, which and which I think really speaks to the speaks to the strengths of the movie that mm-hmm. your audience they're glued to their seats because they don't know which way you're going, which way the story is going to turn next and. Mm-hmm. To what Mike was saying about uh, uh, a property or, or, a, or a story building on itself, by the end you see how Shang-Chi's solo adventures could go and how his participation in the larger universe can go as well in ways that you're not expecting. Yeah. Um, like one particular way, it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that was going to be a thing and suddenly you have this you have this other corner now of the mcu that is going to be explored in films and possibly series yeah yeah okay all right um how about the uh, special effects how about the look of everything i mean we have a very cgi heavy final battle we're gonna get in, we're not gonna get into what specifics of the of the final battle are but it's very cgi heavy throughout the movie every time he uses the 10 rings when we go back in time at the beginning and then of course later on throughout there's the, as you said michael and shannon earlier the fantastical 
uh, sequences that we've already seen teased in the trailer, which go for much, which go on way longer scenes, of course, in the movie. What did you guys think about the fantastical approach and the CGI approach in the movie? Was it too much? Did it take you out of the film? Or what did it really add to the kind of fantastical overall nature of the film itself as well? Uh, I think both. Okay. I, I think there were there were parts of it that really added and supported the story, and there were mm -hmm. other parts that were a little jarring because, and, and it has nothing to do with the quality of the effects. Like the, okay. the, everything looks great, but I think the way that they are used, again, it's just in ways you're not expecting. And this could be a situation where I could go back and watch it the second time, and now having an idea of what I'm going into, it's like, oh no, everything mm -hmm. works perfectly. But mm -hmm. as a first time viewer, there were things that I'm like, oh, that is awesome. And, oh, that's, okay, that was a choice. All right. Didn't work for me, but clearly, based off of the audience's reaction that we saw it with, it worked for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and the way that the uh, CGI supports the fight sequences, mm. um, don't let that take away from what those performers did. Because those, you know, you can see, like, it is uh, Simu Liu for a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah. Again, it's it's oh it's, my the, God, it, yes. it's in it's in the trailer that that snap kick that he does where he takes out two guys and he basically kind of goes into you know a a pose as Yelena would say. Um, but it's it's like the dude is just radiating power, mm -hmm. and that's something that CGI can't do. That's a performance. Okay, Mike. Anything on the CGI or the uh, fantastical nature of this? Yeah, I mean, look at this point. It's a given that Marvel's effects are going to look good. I mean, like mm. you know, like I think I think we always have. There's always like a movie. You know, I, I think of like the the fight sequence at the end of Black Panther. Uh, there's always moments where you're like, ah, I mean, it was a little too much CG. But <laughs> it's all it's all really high quality CG. It's all mm. going to look really good. I don't think it ever takes you out of the movie. Um, but like, it's a CG heavy movie, and I think mm -hmm. that um, sometimes you can do it, and like you, you know, if you're uh, Denny Villeneuve or someone you can do CG and you're just like ah, oh, this looks like a painting it looks like amazing artwork and sometimes you're like this is really really cool and this falls somewhere in between to me I mean there's some shots and there's some mm. moments that I'm like this is gorgeous yeah. this is just amazing and then there's sometimes that you're like that was cool that was nice it was great uh, you know, I, it's one of the reasons that I'm really excited for Eternals and how much Chloe Zhao, uh, you know, shot on location to avoid some of that and make things feel more epic and grounded in that way. But uh, yeah. but I think that it works really good here. I think that some, to Shannon's points, I think some sequences play better than others. Uh, and I think that uh, by the time you get to the end, there's some stuff that's just really, 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 really cool looking. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll mm -hmm. say. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think uh, really, really cool looking is the right description for a lot of the stuff that I saw in the movie. I do, I do, I do hear your points about some of the stuff kind of being a little, maybe taking you out a little bit. I, I, I didn't feel that way throughout. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was more the other thing that might have that could have taken me out of the movie, even though I was enjoying it. It was kind of slightly taking me out of the movie at the same time. But yes, I think overall the CG works really, really well. What you get to see when they get to a certain section of the movie and how those uh, what it is that you get to see there is just stellar and i was just and it's i keep saying stellar i gotta use another word someday but they, it's just something that kind of you go wow i had no idea to look at these things in this way in this manner it gave me a whole new appreciation for what we were watching there but also when you're in i mean they inhabit san francisco and bring it to life as much as they can then when they had 
back to uh, the the organization where the Ten Rings are located. They inhabit that area as much as they can, both in flashback and present day. And then when they head to where they head to, that that comes to life as well. So they do a great job through CG and uh, practical effects of really bringing to life whatever area of the movie that they're in, location that they're in, that feels like you you are in that location, like you feel connected to that location. And I think not every movie does that. And I think they do an, an excellent job of doing that in, in this film so that when certain things start to happen in the back half of the movie, um, it makes sense and it connects to what you've already been presented and it connects to the land you've been presented so you go with it for sure. So that's what I would say about the CGI and the, and the special effects overall. All right, let's, uh, we'll wrap it up here. We're almost at an hour. Any final thoughts uh, on Shang-Chi that I didn't get to or that you guys want to talk about? Well, I don't know if everyone knows this, but Marvel, if you stay through the credits, you see <laughs> other things. There's other things after the credits there in are. a Marvel movie. Yes. Uh, and I will say that you should stay for the credits on this one because they do not disappoint. There, nope. There's uh, the, clo- the end credit sequences in this. Uh, you know, sometimes you get the ones that you're like, oh, that was cute. Uh, and sometimes you get Chris Evans coming out and giving you a little <laughs> speech about disappointment. Uh, and sometimes you get really, really, really good ones. And I actually think uh, Shang-Chi's end credit sequence are really, really good ones. Yeah. All right, fair. Uh, Shannon, any final words? Yeah, what McGuarfield said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 post credit sequences are are excellent um and the movie the movie's just a blast i mean it's a great movie mm-hmm. it's a great movie to see in a theater um and crazy that it's only going to have a 45 day run before it's yeah. on disney plus so if you're not at that place where you want to go back into a theater yet uh it'll it'll be it'll be on disney plus before you know it yeah that's for sure uh, what the middle of october i guess if it's coming out september 3rd around the middle of october it'll drop so for sure yeah um yeah echo everything these two gentlemen said it's a great time and i have a feeling as shannon said the more i watch it it'll start climbing up my rankings of uh, of the best marvel films i don't know if it'll break the top 10 but it'll climb up there and challenge some spots for sure it's such a great great time in the theater and once again i can't stress this enough the way it brings to life the chinese culture in a way that is accessible and universal yet distinctly its own thing i think is is a very very high tightrope to walk and they nail it really well in this movie without pushing it without making it feel like hey we're stressing this can you do you catch what we're doing here it's very natural it's very organic and that is a gift because we've seen it swing the other way and it doesn't feel you know cool this way feels way more organic and earned and it's great to see overall okay well that's our episode the special episode of the geek buddies uh, here uh thank you all so much for joining us uh shannon what do we have to tell them yeah if you'd like to follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you would like to follow mr vogel it is at mk2 not at mcguarfield and if you would like to follow wow. mr roca it is at the Roca says. I'm sorry, Mike. Mike? <laughs> Listen. 
if you're if you're if you're a Tom Holland guy, if you're an Andrew Garfield guy, if you're a Tobey Maguire guy, if you're a Maguirefield, like Hell. whoever you are, you are welcome here at the Geek Buddies. The more the merrier. And here is how you guys can help us get more and more buddies to join our ridiculous little conversation. Uh, you can hit that like button below. You can subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Definitely leave us some comments. Uh, what did you think about the No Way Home trailer? Who do you think Doctor Strange is? If he's not Doctor Strange, who do you think we're going to see in the Sinister Six? Is there going to be a Sinister Six? What did we miss? What are we wrong about? Tell us all of it below. Uh, if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are available, uh, leave us some stars, leave some comments there. It helps us go up in the rankings so that people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet and share this video and tell everybody that they should hang out with three of the geekiest guys that you know, <laughs> your good buddies, us. That's right. Spend two hours on Twitter battling before we do a show. Uh, Maguire Field Land, well, I think, works. Doesn't Maguire When you're Field wrong. Land? Oh, when you're wrong, yes, it's easy yes. to battle. You're right. When you are wrong, I agree. Maguirefield Land, I think, works, doesn't it? Maguirefield Land? Maybe that's <laughs> no, I don't know. If, you'd, if you'd like to talk to John Roca later, he'll be busy building the Thanos Memorial on Hayward <laughs> Island. It's just this. No, no, it would be this, right? It would just be this. Anyway, there you go. All right. And, uh, Mike will be building a memorial to Captain America's ass, that nice ass. America's hey, ass. It's America's ass. <laughs> All right. I think that's it. That's it from us. We got to get out of here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, and other hot button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement, as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminists wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.